Hi guys, we're your hosts Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hello and season's greetings. Happy holidays, everyone. Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> ho, 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 y'all. Welcome to today's quickie, our super fast take on all the adulting things that matter to you. So the holidays can either be super joyful and fun for some, but it can also come with a ton of grief and stress and pressure and even shame and loneliness for many. It's true. Special occasions are honestly always a little loaded and hard to live up to, but this year is inevitably extra freaking weird given COVID and the insane year yeah. that we've had in 2020. So today we're diving into five expert-backed ways to survive the holidays this season. And if you are feeling a little bit blue, just know you're not alone. We did our research and nearly a quarter of Americans reported feeling extreme stress around the holidays. And that's according to a poll done by the American Psychological Association. And one in four Canadians surveyed feel that the financial stress of the holidays negatively impacts their mental health and that the holidays cause more anxiety and stress for them than any other time of year, which is kind of sad. It is sad. But we're not here to depress you. We are here to de-stress you and let you know that however you're feeling this season, we really do get it and we're in it together. So let's get into some ways that we can all survive the holidays. So when it comes to navigating the stress of the holidays, the best place to start is by setting really secure boundaries. And that can be like mm -hmm. boundaries on topics that are just no fly zones for you. Like no talking about your relationship status, no talking about like, when are we having kids? Just things that are off limits. Boundaries around booze, if you are not drinking for any number of reasons. And also this year, obviously boundaries around COVID safety. So if you are- yeah seeing family or doing a porch drop-in or you know if you're joining households however it is that you're celebrating this year you have a right to outline your boundaries and to say I'm not hugging or I'm not comfortable doing this or I'm not comfortable spending the entire day talking about COVID and decide in advance also how much time you're going to devote to a situation so if you're going into something and you have anxiety about it just establish you know what I'm only going to be here for an hour or for four hours or whatever mm -hmm. that is and just get really clear on what you won't be engaging in so that you're not stuck in a situation that you just don't want to be in. You can even let friends and family know those boundaries in advance if it makes you more comfortable. So you can tell people before you arrive, wherever you're going, I'm not drinking this year. Please refrain from offering me anything or I'm just not comfortable with any sort of touching given COVID. I'm not mm -hmm. having any conversations about food or my weight. Anything that's like a typical dysfunctional family bullshit convo, lay down the yeah. law. And don't be afraid to do that. And I like what you said, to let your friends know in advance. And I think even if you could find a buddy during the holidays, like if you and I don't want to drink, which we will be doing, yeah. but if we didn't want to drink during the holidays, I would totally lean on you and be like, okay, be my sober buddy. We'll check in on each other um, and just sort of have that backup. Yeah. You know, a lot of my friends have told me in advance before I see them throughout this entire year, what they're comfortable with in terms of covid safety and it just helps mm -hmm. because then you don't have that awkward like what do we do i know exactly what to expect when i see them and there's no guessing and there's no you know offending anyone's comfort levels and i don't know if this is bad to say or not but if you also don't want to go to something use covid as the excuse yeah 
You know what I mean? If you're getting the pressure from family or friends to do that get together, just be like, guys, sorry, I'm not comfortable. Especially if you don't actually want to go. There you go. Another strategy is to lean into gratitude to make the best of what you have available to you. So even though this year is different, there's inevitably still always a lot to be thankful for. You can be grateful that you and your loved ones are safe or that they're getting help and medical attention if something is wrong. We can be grateful that we have actual homes that we can shelter and place in. So even though it sucks, if you are in a place where you have to be trapped at home right now, like we have homes. There's a lot to be grateful mm-hmm. for. And the fact that you're cared about, no matter how alone you may feel, I promise you, there is certainly someone that cares about you. We care about you. Yeah. And although practicing gratitude sounds super cheesy and like a cliche throwaway we're all told to do, the science is there to back it up. Mm-hmm. So studies repeatedly show that participants who complete gratitude assignments or exercises immediately show a huge increase in their happiness scores. And in a University of Pennsylvania study, they found that the benefits of an improved mood from a gratitude practice lasted for a month. Very that impressive. Amazing. Yeah. Right? And there are so many different ways that you can check in with yourself. So something that we like to do is just starting your day off by jotting down a few things you're grateful for, something you're looking forward to, or someone that makes you smile can really make a huge impact on your day. And you can also listen back to our episode with Nina Purewall on mindfulness and meditation for a ton of helpful stuff on finding gratitude and staying present. Another really cool strategy that I love is from Martha Beck, and she is a famous life coach and author. She's actually Oprah's life coach because, yes, even oh Oprah needs a life coach. <laughs> She's like the life coach of all life coaches. Exactly. <laughs> and she talks about a participant observer strategy, and that's something that social scientists use a lot. And Martha Beck says that with this participant observer tactic, that basically any group or activity becomes interesting when you shift your mindset to observe it all at an arm's length even when it's your own Mm. friends or family. So you're kind of removing yourself and almost treating it like you're in one of those research studies and you're like a participant who's observing all this shit going down around you. And so it allows you to just like back up a bit and form opinions that aren't like centering yourself in the middle of them. And one of the ways to do that is to gamify it. This is hilarious and something that I will be doing for the rest of my life. It may sound crazy, but... (laughs) You can plan to debrief your holidays with your friends afterwards in a game-like setting because sometimes the only thing you can do with tragedy is turn it into comedy. So whether I, love that. I know, so even if it's like dysfunctional family bingo, like cross off a bingo spot every time your uncle gets a bit too drunk, or every time someone <laughs> in the family like says something that's mildly offensive, or every time oh someone like burns something in the oven, it's kind of funny. Take a shot every time someone says or does something that you totally anticipated that normally might bother you or put you into a bit of a tailspin. You're now separating yourself and turning it into a game that you can almost enjoy at that point. It is what it is. So all you can kind of do is laugh about it and try to observe it all from afar. And you can use it as material. Because, I mean, the beauty of being a participant observer is you're just basically collecting a bunch of data points and anecdotes of whatever crazy experience you're happening or is happening to you and just transform it into something that can serve you. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's like a funny story for friends or a really funny Instagram post or caption, a comedy routine, a short story or an article, or just literally better understanding of human nature and maybe what you don't want to be when you grow up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, today you're the observer sourcing material for yourself. It's so true. That's a tool like way beyond holiday observations that I would like to use more because when I'm dealing with people that I don't agree with I can get pretty 
emotional about it if I feel strongly about the topic. But I feel yeah. like if I could remove myself a bit and just be like, okay, I'm going to gather data points and information about someone who thinks differently from me so maybe I can understand things more. And I know it's kind of annoying when you're in the thick of it, but literally just think to yourself, what lesson am I learning here? Like, what's the lesson in this current moment? Another difficult part of the holidays is honoring those who can't be there. And holidays can be very triggering for anyone who is dealing with uh, grief, whether it's fresh loss or just kind of an ongoing grieving for those who can't be there. So if you're dealing with loss or grief, the number one thing to do is to acknowledge that special occasions like holidays will inevitably feel different and more painful without your loved one there. This can't be avoided, Mm -hmm. so there's just no point in even trying to avoid it because then you're just kind of repressing and going down the cycle of avoidance. So acknowledge that and give yourself permission to feel your feelings. Back in episode 18, (laughs) all about coping with grief, the ladies of What's Your Grief said something that really stuck with me and that I've already been applying to my life. They suggested shifting your mindset to acknowledge the loss of our expectations, which is Normally, you would expect, you know, your whole family to be together with you. You'd expect certain people who've always been a part of your story and your life to mm-hmm. be filling that role for you always and for everyone to be joyful and all these things. So when you lose someone, you don't just lose them. You you lose your expectations of what your life was and kind of have to accept that it's different than that. But then yeah. to also acknowledge that just because it's not what you imagined doesn't mean that it can't still be good and meaningful and filled with love, even though there will be loss and sadness and it will be a bittersweet moment. I love that. The, I know it's, it is really, really powerful. And like there is, you can feel many different things at once. So what I have learned is that on these triggering occasions, I can feel loss and sadness, but I can also have a a great time and I can laugh and we can bond yeah. and we can they're not ruined they're Feel just both emotions different yeah. yeah exactly so the best way we can do this is by honoring the loved ones we're remembering and finding ways to stay close and connected with them so since we lost my grandma a year ago I find that we're making even bigger deals out of special occasions than we were before which is really nice because we're filling that Ooh. void we're we're baking you know like a hundred times the amount we ever used to bake because that's what my grandma did she was like the world's best baker so now we're we're baking on overdrive we're listening to the music that she loved we're doing all of the all of the things that remind us of her to keep her here with us and we're just celebrating every little landmark and throwing around all of her phrases and just finding ways to to really keep her with us so that's a a powerful tool if you're missing someone this holiday season I love that and I get to benefit from the baking. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, so good. And I know this is obviously a very different holiday season for most people. And if you're like me and can't spend time with family because maybe people are immune compromised, it can be tough. But kind of similar to what Jill's doing, my family is just trying to keep the celebrations going, even though it's going to have to be social distance. So we don't have a car, but Gabe and I are renting a car so we can do drive-bys and drop things off safely. So I can still see my parents and my nieces and nephews and it can still kind of feel like Christmas even though it's definitely very different. Another really cute thing that you could do if you can't get together is maybe all make the same kind of food over Zoom. So my dad is giving us some recipes for some appetizers that all of us kids can make together and I'm creating a family Jeopardy game. Spoiler alert fam. And you know just find ways to stay connected. Another thing that I'm going to try to do is send some video messages out to my friends and family who I can't see 
because it's just such a nice way to show people that you're thinking of them and you love them and Christmas cards are so lovely but seeing somebody's face could just you know make their day that's so true and I mean it's easy to get wrapped up in like presents and spending money to show everything and show how much you care but honestly when people are feeling isolated and disconnected the best thing you could do is to just connect with them on FaceTime or video message so that's that's a really nice idea which brings us to our fifth strategy which is finding a way to derive your own meaning from the holidays that's such a key one yeah this was one of my biggest takeaways from our mental resilience episode with mindset and success coach Mm. Lisa Wilcox and that was that we all have the power to turn shitty things into something beautiful and meaningful and there's no better time to try that than this holiday season because for a lot of people it's it is going to be a difficult time and an isolating time but We have the chance to write our own narratives however we choose, no matter what circumstances are happening to us. And Mm -hmm. honestly, for me, after a rocky year or two, I've noticed that I've come to dread special occasions because I knew that they would be stressful or grief-filled or different and that I just felt like special occasions will never be joyful again because I feel like I'm missing so much now. No. My, my birthday is right after the holidays and I've been dreading my birthday because of the current social isolation we've been in and it's like a, you know, a big landmark birthday and I'm like, well, I'm going to fucking spend it alone and I'm already upset about it and I've just been making it into something super negative and I was talking to one of my best friends on the phone and she's like, well, Jilly, why don't you just change your perspective on it and turn it into the ultimate like self-care day where it's like you don't worry about anyone else. All you're doing is your favorite things. Literally an yes. entire indulgent day of just celebrating what your joy is. And I'm like, I love wow. that. And that's powerful because I find it's easier to deal with things when you're in control of them. Like I can be traveling the world by myself because I love traveling by myself and never feel lonely because I had I made that choice. I was like, I am choosing to go Mm. somewhere alone and I might not speak to another human in a meaningful way for like weeks that I even know, but I'm not lonely. I chose this. And then when you're quarantining by yourself and the government tells you you're not allowed to leave your house and you're stuck on your own, you don't have control over that situation. So you're upset and you're right. you're in a bad mental headspace. So the takeaway here is that I could look at this as special occasions this year are out of my control and they're ruined and I'm upset about them. Or I could take mm-hmm. back the control and shift my mindset to how can I make this meaningful and special and even though it's different, how can I still make it really, really good? I could turn into myself as an opportunity to celebrate me and my own company without distraction and without like big grand events and presents and all of these things we get caught up in. Like what can I enjoy with just myself? And for everyone listening, what can you enjoy with what you have this year at your disposal? I love that. And like what a is there even a better way to like start a new decade of your life? Because by the way, Jill is turning 30. Yeah. So whoop, whoop. Um, other than like spending it with the person who you spend the most amount of time with yeah. yourself. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to be alone on your birthday. <laughs> I will. I refuse. I will even pop by for like 20 minutes of this beautiful Jillian day. But <laughs> you're so cute. You know, you do what you got to do. But it is like a big <laughs> mindset shift. And I also love all of those um, Instagrams that I've been seeing that people are posting. That's like, I thought 2020 was going to be the year of the hustle or the mm. year I made all my dreams come true. But it, it's actually the year where we all realized we had everything we needed all along. And those are powerful because I think it's easy to look at this year that we've had as a year that took so much away. But for a lot of people, they're leaning into the gratitude and looking at it as yeah. the year where 
when everything was stripped back, they saw that they had everything they needed within themselves and their small bubbles and their homes. And totally. It's just very grounding. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Gotta find meaning in shit. I completely agree with everything you said. And that's sort of what I'm trying to do this holiday season too, because I can't be with any family. And I, I mean, I could be super depressed about it and upset, which definitely am. But I'm also realizing that this is kind of like the first Christmas I can have with Gabe and Rio, our little dog that we just got. And we're moving into a, a brand new place. So I'm sort of channeling it into, okay, how can we still make this special? And I've got like all this fun Christmas stuff planned. I bought some fancy champagne. I'm going to make cupcakes. I got some like fun Jewish food that I know Gabe loves. So Gabe, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I just ruined our, our Christmas morning. But <laughs> There's like small celebrations that you can still find and like creating new traditions is is one way to do that. I mean, my motto, my personal motto that I've given myself is maximum fun. So very important to me that I still have maximum fun this holiday season. We hope that this helps you survive the most wonderful time of the year a little better. Hit us up on social and let us know what your coping strategies are for big occasions. And straight up, if those involve lots of alcohol, we will not judge you. We're right there with you. (laughs) And you can refer to our Instagram for our two latest custom cocktails that we just released, uh, the Rally and the Sugar Tits, for your enjoyment. In the meantime, we will be over here slamming back rum and eggnogs. Stay safe and happy holidays, friends. So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye.